authentic conversations. We all have them every day, probably, but what role do they play in a brand? In a business? On the bottom line? Sure, authentic conversations make for great podcasts, no doubt, but where else do they fit into the brand beyond the episodes? How should marketers think about these conversations to spin out more content? How should we be thinking about not only external audiences, but also internal listeners? And who should even be having these conversations in the first place? Answers to all these questions and more in today's episode. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and the only marketing platform built around brand podcast. And this is our podcast. Welcome to season four of the Casted podcast, in which I am talking to business and marketing leaders as they share how and why podcasts fit into their overall marketing and business strategy. What impact do they have on the business? How about what they have done for their teams and even for them personally? Today's conversation is with Ethan Butte, chief evangelist at BombBomb and host of the Customer Experience Podcast. BombBomb is a video company as you'll hear, yet their podcast has been foundational as part of their marketing strategy. And it even helped Ethan write a book. So hear how that all came to be and the role that podcasting plays at BombBomb and in Ethan's life on today's episode and in today's authentic conversation. I am Ethan Bude. I'm chief evangelist at a software company called BombBomb. I'm co-author of a best-selling book called Rehumanize Your Business, and I host the Customer Experience Podcast. Awesome. And I'm so excited to have you here, Ethan, because we are going to get into podcasting on this podcast. It's a podcast about podcasts. And I, I just would love to hear about how podcasting has played a role into, in your strategy at BombBomb. Like, why? Why is it such an important part of your efforts? I'll say it, it was really, it came out of actually the book writing process where, you know, the subtitle of the book is how personal videos accelerate sales and improve customer experience. And the idea of adding the customer experience there was, you know, video isn't just for sales, but customer service or customer support or even customer success felt a little bit too small for the impact that being more personal and human can have. And so, I created this space in in writing the book, and I knew that when I came back to the team full-time that either, that that two things were happening while I was gone. Either what I was doing before was so important that someone else picked it up and was doing it better than I was, or no one picked it up because it wasn't important to keep doing. And so I knew that I had this space to start podcasting, and I knew that I wanted to explore customer experience in particular, and it was for two reasons. One was for the what I would learn and be able to share internally and that as you know, so many of our team members listen to the podcast, that we're having a lot of internal conversations about what I'm learning through the conversation as we publish them. So the internal value is massive and I don't think enough people talk about it enough. And then the other one was, you know, we're, we're in a little bit of a pivot in our business where you know, our first 35,000 customers or so were, were smaller teams and solopreneurs or independent operators inside larger organizations. But, you know, over the years, we've, we've gotten better and better at uh, selling to larger organizations, selling uh, larger deals to, to teams and things. And so in making this pivot, 
I knew that if we were able to have these experiences about customer experience, that we would be able to produce and share content that would be useful to our next customer. I know that's not a completely novel idea. I know that a lot of podcasts are inviting guests and producing uh, conversations specifically to attract their ideal customer, but that it works on that level for us very well too. Tell me, um, you started to kind of get into this a little bit, but how and where does podcasting really fit into your overall strategy? So kind of like paint the picture for me of what pillars of your marketing strategy are and where podcasting is. Is it, is it one of the pillars? Is it the center? Is it at the core? Is it kind of on one of the outer rings? Like where does it fit in and, and how does it fit in? What role does it play? Uh, I would say it operates at two particular levels. As for the ring, I'm not sure I might arrive at that as I talk my way into it. But really for us, because we are a video platform, we make it really easy to record and send videos in a variety of places, Gmail, Outlook, mobile apps, uh, integrated into Salesforce and Zendesk and Outreach and a number of other places uh, in order to get people face-to-face. But not everyone is, is ready part of my chief evangelist role too. Not everyone's ready to have that conversation. Not everyone thinks about video in that way. And so from a top of funnel standpoint, if we can start talking about customer experience and what it feels like to work with us and how we can align within our organizations to better serve our customers, video naturally comes up in that conversation because so much of it is about building relationship communicating more clearly, getting more yeses, whatever that conversion looks like for you, no matter your seat in the organization. And so for us to be able to publish this, it really is this kind of top of funnel awareness where I am a character in the podcast. BombBomb is a character in the podcast that appears now and then. Uh, Video is a subject that occasionally comes up, but we could go weeks without any conversations around video. So this top of funnel piece is really, really valuable. On the other side though, for our existing customers and our existing community, I think it's a very interesting conversation for them. Most of our customers at this point, you would have to regard as early adopters of video in the simple, casual, conversational style. So to have these other conversations, they came to us for video and we serve them on that and we teach video, we talk about it, we talk about how to get more emails open and more videos played and longer play durations and all the other ins and outs of getting really good at communicating with video on a day-to-day basis. But to have this conversation as part of it as well is a value add for a lot of our customers too. And so there is this kind of ongoing community building we're providing more value in a unique way that isn't necessarily core to the product or service or, or really even the reason the business exists or what the business sells directly. So it really works across the customer life cycle in general. It could be a value in a variety of places. And I would say the way we're structured, I would say we're somewhere in the middle to the outer rings. I think if it went away, there'd be a handful of folks internally would be like, no, that can't go away. And there'd be some other folks that are like, oh yeah, that podcast. So it's, it's somewhere in the middle for us right now. I heard um, you say a couple of times relationships and connection and conversations. And I think that that's so important because podcasts um, and video too, like do something really, really interesting, which is they invite the member of the audience kind of in on a conversation and not all content can do that. And so I'm curious about like how, how you view that. Tell me about how, how that like relationship building and conversation, how that fits in for you. Yeah, it's confidence and familiarity, right? And so to your observation, 
the audio that we release as the podcast, and I do video clips as well. I do video mm-hmm. clips, short ones in LinkedIn. I do them occasionally to Twitter and Facebook. I drop in, drop them into blog posts, but primarily 99% of the engagement with the podcast is audio. And so you get things like pace and tone. And if you are the host and someone is listening to multiple episodes, for example, I listen to your podcast. And so I have a sense of how you approach things and what your follow-up questions are. Just the, just the nature of, of you being you in your own podcast allows people to feel this level of familiarity, which inspires some level of confidence. Like these are competent professionals. They're having interesting conversations. I find value in them. And if I'm going to make a choice about this, that, or the other thing, right? Like I think the space that you're in with Casted is obviously far from being commoditized. Unlike a lot of other spaces, I don't know what the, what the window is on lightweight, casual, personal, conversational video is, but it's approaching commodification. There are a lot of freemium type offerings in the space. And so it's these little things that allow people to say, yes, I choose you. And again, it's this trust, confidence, familiarity, a sense of personality. I think the corporate brand, if it hasn't completely faded in in importance, at a minimum, it's being dramatically informed by the personal brand. And right, so if someone is connected to five BombBomb team members on LinkedIn, they know a lot more about us than they would ever learn from following BombBomb on LinkedIn, for example, or really on any social network. And so this idea of the personal brand as the face and the personality and the representative and the, and the real meaningful uh, quality relative to the corporate brand, uh, I think podcasting takes it to another level too, especially if you continue to release episodes and you continue to put yourself into the format as a host or as multiple hosts within a, within a company. And unlike so much other produced content, just to reiterate your other point there, one, this is just, it's so much more open. It's guard down. It's just conversational. And then two, to put this type of personality into a blog post or into a downloadable element, you have to have a really, really good writer. I, I write a lot. I'm not that good. I read a lot of stuff. Most people publishing on the internet are not that good. Good enough, and they're covering topics I'm interested in or else I wouldn't be reading. But you have to be a very, very, very good writer to really put forth a sense of personality where I'm like, gosh, I really feel like I know that writer or I know that person or I know that brand. How should a brand go about choosing who hosts the show. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, it takes a lot of time. So it shouldn't be a senior leader. It should be somebody who's dedicated or it should be someone that that's their whole job or it should be, you know, subject matter expert or it should be someone in marketing. Like what advice do you have about how to choose the host? Uh, I think first and foremost, the most important thing is that the person really, really wants to do it. Just like anything, if you're not excited about it, it's going to be a drag and that's going to come through for all the reasons we were just talking about. If I'm not excited to host a guest on my podcast from the first 10 seconds, no one's really going to be as you know, that particularly excited either, right? So it's like the experience is in part a transfer of emotion. So someone needs to be excited to do it. Someone who, these are just some other qualities, likes to learn is maybe a natural conversationalist or has some of those tendencies or qualities or enjoys doing that. I think someone who is a good communicator, right? Because if you're going to really 
um, maximize the value of your investment in hosting and publishing these conversations, you should probably be at some level also involved in how does it get to a blog post if that's what you choose to do? How does it get into video content if that's what you choose to do? How will you teach it internally and kind of break down the essence of it? How will you title it and summarize it? And so I think being a good communicator in general, I think some of that lends itself to a marketing uh, background maybe, or at least a content, someone who is adept at content, no matter what their seat in the house is. We have people who are great at content and sales at BombBomb. We have people who are great at content and CS at BombBomb. We have some folks on the executive leadership team that are good at it. So I think, uh, and then another quality would be don't underestimate the amount of time. I don't want to scare people because you can have an excellent show and not do a mountain of pre-prep on it. But in general, I would probably overestimate rather than underestimate just to guard yourself and guard your time. I think if you're looking for executive type guests, if you are looking for C-suite people in successful companies, I think it would certainly help if the host was is a little bit more peer to peer. I think the host would not find herself or himself out of his or her depth, uh, probably as likely if it was a little bit more peer to peer that way. So I think the host could, should, would potentially also reflect not just the guest, but could also uh, reflect the desired audience as well. I yeah. think again, going back to what I offered before about asking your own natural follow-up questions to honor your own curiosity, to drive the conversation, to honor the spirit and the goals and the mission of the show itself. I think if you come from a seat somewhere adjacent to the type of audience you would like to attract, you're in a better position to be successful as well. Great advice. Really great advice. I think it's important to really think about it. It's not always the super obvious person that would be the right host. It's not always like, oh, the CMO, obviously they're the face of the brand. I mean, maybe it's the, a product marketer, maybe it's a, an engineer, depending on, on what you're talking about, who it's for and why you're doing it. bit. You got into this uh, a bit about how valuable the show is internally, which I have found that too. And talking to a lot of people, I think that some of the most successful shows see that, you know, it's, it's not just about, it's absolutely about the external audience, but it's also about the internal audience. So I'm curious, what does it look like? You, you publish a show, then what? Like, how do you, how do you use it both externally and internally? What, what do you do with it? And, and where do you find the most success? I wish I was doing more internally. I should probably be doing lunch and learns maybe twice a month or maybe even once a week, although it essentially turn out to be a podcast recap. Maybe I should just make <laughs> a podcast. So what I do, I, you know, I'll record an episode. I edit the video myself is something that I've done a lot. And it allows me as I turn over the content to people who will offer some titles, offer some descriptions, get it into WordPress once it's ready to be written up. It gives me a level of editorial control where, um, A, I'm re-familiarizing myself with the material so that when I do go to social media and I tee things up, I can find those sweet spots where it has value in and of itself. If I only watch this 84-second video clip, uh, I can still learn something. But B, there's also a conversation to be had there, whether it's a controversial point of view or something counterintuitive or something fun or interesting or curious. And so I'm looking for those moments. And again, it, by what I select as video clips, it lets the people who su support the launch of each episode, gives them some guideposts of what I think was important or interesting or valuable in the conversation. So 
I have these video clips. I put some of them into the blog posts. I put some of them to LinkedIn. I'll put them to Twitter. I'll put them to Facebook. I'll offer some of them to our, I don't personally put them into Instagram, but I have squared up some of the video clips to go there as well. Publishes, obviously, the majority of, of listening is happening in, in Apple Podcasts, but it also goes to all the other places with content syndication. I will... Um, drop it into, especially if it's a really hot topic, something that we've been talking about internally, um, I'll drop it into one or more Slack channels. Uh, if it is specifically a CS conversation, I'll put it in a couple CS-oriented Slack channels at BombBomb. Same thing with sales, same thing with senior leadership. If, if there's something that we've been talking about in executive leadership, that's just kind of, you know, like something we've been wrestling with or something that we think is important or something that we want to work on uh, and someone speaks to it, I'll promote the episode in there. So I do promote the episodes internally, primarily through, through Slack. I go to social. At a certain point, if I didn't do anything besides let it release through syndication to all the various podcast places, I'll bet it would continue to grow. But I think the opportunity to continue to allow your guest to be the superstar expert that they are, which is what I'm always trying to do in the conversation and what I'm always trying to do on social. If you can, if you can make them look good, then you're in a position to be successful. And so those are some of the reasons I go to social with it. It just extends my appreciation and respect for them and the work that they do. I love that approach. That's a, that's a really good way to think about it. Those who are listening, lots of marketers, lots of marketing leaders who either already have a podcast or who are thinking of one, what's some advice that you would give from your perspective, really kind of zooming out from the brand? What are some things that you've learned, some things that maybe you wish you had learned earlier on or something that served you really well about how the role that the podcast plays in your brand overall? And for you as a leader, what kind of insights would you, would you share? Sure. Um, something that I, I'm glad I did in the beginning is that I bookend the conversations with the same question. So I always ask the definition of customer experience at the beginning, and then I always have a, I have a couple closing questions that allow the guest to be a little bit warmer and more personal. Something that I was missing was a personal touch off the top of it. So I started adding just a, a light conversational point from the top with regard to the way we launched it, I feel like it was happening again the same time that we were launching the book. My role day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month looked a lot different. And so I, I launched the podcast around the same time. And so it wasn't fully integrated into what we were doing in marketing. And so I guess from a cautionary standpoint, I would say that um, starting it a little bit off on the side, it was nice because I had the freedom to explore and it didn't feel high consequence. There wasn't a lot of scrutiny to it. There weren't a lot of people internally, not that we have this culture at BombBomb Bomb anyway, but there, were, there weren't a lot of people you know, looking for the first three signs of good or bad and, and getting ready to pull the plug on it. It wasn't, it, wasn't that, it wasn't like that at all, but I did feel like I was off on the side doing this thing and I did not do enough work from the get-go to make sure that it was properly integrated with the other things. At this point now, you know, it works really nicely with our account-based marketing strategy. Um, I can feed uh, some of the particularly good episodes to our BDR, SDR teams, you know, as they're looking to create conversations and lead with value. It's like, oh, I noticed that you're in this type of role, in this type of organization, in this industry. Actually, you know, on our podcast, we talked about this last month. I think you might enjoy this, right? Just this leading with value piece. And so we're, it's finally to this point where it is more integrated within 
um, the various efforts that we have. But I think being more clear about that from the get-go, I think I could have had a lot more momentum with it. But, you know, there's no reason to second-guess anything that you've done. You just learn from it and keep moving. I guess in closing, you've you've started the show, you continue to do the show. So I'm I'm guessing you're seeing a positive impact that it's making on the brand. What do you feel has has been the impact of the show on BombBomb? I think it, again, going back to the kind of top of funnel conversation and being a value add to people who came to us for the specific reason that we exist from a functional standpoint, I think it has allowed us to have different conversations internally and externally. I think it broadens how people think about us. It's allowed us to broaden the conversation about when, how, and why to use video. It inf- like By having a conversation that isn't about the core product or service, it's allowed us to think differently, act differently, talk to people who might not be in conversation with us otherwise. Um, it's just had so many benefits and, and really from a personal standpoint, it's the most fun and interesting thing I do. I love being able to to carve out time to have conversations with smart, accomplished people who are doing things that are interesting and to be able to share it with other people. Yeah, that you're passionate about. And I think that goes back to uh, how to choose a host. And it's someone who really is excited about it and truly at the very least has a strong interest in the subject matter and hopefully has a lot of knowledge in the subject matter. And so it really is a natural conversation. I know for me too, it kind of, it's, it's a highlight of my day getting to talk to smart people like you about something that we're both passionate about. And that's when you can find that, that puzzle piece, you can hear it. Thank you so much. This was really fun. This is one of the highlights of my day. So um, thanks for sharing where the podcast fits into BombBomb and um, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Again, I love the show. I love these conversations and you're doing important work to raise up uh, culture and best practices around what I agree with you on is a uh, just a fantastic format. That's our show. Thanks for listening. For more from today's guest, visit casted.us to subscribe and to receive our show as it's published, along with other exclusive content each and every week.